Welcome to the PA Football Story Podcast, where your host, Chad Brubaker, will sit down and talk to coaches and players to discuss the classic stories and rich history surrounding the game of football in Pennsylvania. Please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to get all of the latest content. You can also follow us on Twitter at the PA Football S1. Again, that's the PA Football S and the number one, or on our Facebook page, the PA Football Story Podcast. If you would like to contact us about advertising, please email us at pafootballstorypodcast at gmail.com. Today's guest on the PA Football Story Podcast is retired St. Pius, the 10th head football coach, Jim Mick Sr. Coach Mick retired in 1984 after 26 years at St. Pius, compiling 159 wins and three Philly Suburban Catholic League titles in that span. He then coached on the defensive side at Kutztown University for another 10 years. He is in the PSFCA Coaches Hall of Fame and the Montgomery County Coaches Hall of Fame. All right, Coach, so we're... Uh you started out at um, Easton Catholic, which is now Notre Dame Green Pond. So you are a Pennsylvania guy through and through, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you started out at Easton, you ended up going to East Stroudsburg, and then um, you graduated in 58? 59. 59 from East Stroudsburg. No, 58, you're 58. right. 58, 58. yeah. And so um, tell us about, you were... My understanding is that you were being, you're trying to find a teaching job or, you know, coaching job tied together, and you were going on an interview, what you thought was to be an assistant at a school in, uh, you know, Pottstown, um, St. Pius the Tent, and uh, you were interviewing what you thought to be an assistant. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a good story, or I think it's a good story. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was at Stroudsburg from 55 to 58. 59, I guess I graduated, yeah. And uh, I graduated, was looking for a job. Certainly I wanted to be in athletics. It's been my whole life. And uh, I found out, I can't tell you how I found out about Pottstown, but I did. Somebody called me. Oh, I'll tell you. There was a priest who was the AD when I was at Eastern Catholic. He was okay. the AD. And we got to be friends, and he was at St. Al's in Pottstown. And he called me on the phone. He said, Jim, why don't you look into this job up here at Pottstown? It's a relatively new school. He said it's uh, four or five years old, and they just started a football program. It may be three years old, but it may be worth your while. So I called up there and, and talked to somebody on the phone, and I said, I'm interested, naturally, in a teaching. teaching. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what it starts out with. Yeah teaching coaching job and they set up for an interview now I don't know whether you know this or not Chad but everything in a Catholic school runs through the principal sure, right. I mean there's no school board there's an AD but everything is the principal he makes all the right. decisions and Father Kimball was a great guy but he was a character so I went in for an interview and we're sitting there and he must have smoked about 10 cigarettes <laughs> asking me questions I don't know if he asked me one football question or not, to be honest. But at the end of the conversation, he he looks up at me and he said, well, I think I'm going to offer you the job. I said, oh, good, good, good. I said, could I meet the head coach? And he looks at me and he said, 
my young man, <laughs> you are the head coach. <laughs> so, that, so 21 years old. I was 21 years old. Wow. Yep. I thought, whoa. Yeah. And I was was I shaken up a little bit? Yeah. I'm when sure. you asked, could I could I see the head coach? And he <laughs> told, you're the head coach. So uh, that was in June. And the and the, I had father in, in at St. Al's, and he had a friend by the name of Chus Calvario, who later on was the president of the Pottstown Firebirds. Okay. He oh, started yeah. the Firebirds. Yeah. He was my line coach, and it was it was he and I. Yep. But one funny story I can remember about about a strong athletic association. There were men there. the The varsity football season was one year done, one year old, and uh, it was a strong group of guys. I'm not going to get into all their names, but they were strong, and they wanted to see Pius have a good athletic program, particularly in football and basketball. So, uh, as I said, I was hired in June. I didn't come back till till August because things weren't like well, they did, were. Did you have a staff? Yeah, chose. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, one guy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I'll bet, I'll bet that first year I had forty kids out. Yeah. But uh, the the athletic association was a very strong group, uh, intent and dedicated to making it a good program. Right. So. In that summer, June, they put up a stadium. You know, no, it's not like Springford Stadium, sure. but a small uh, iron stadium. And now let uh, me back up a second, though. My understanding was that stadium was not authorized by the. Yeah, right, that's what I'm getting to. Okay, that's what I'm getting to. Good. So I'm new now. It's it's August now. We're practicing. I've met the players and right. things like that. So this night there's an AA meeting. So I was asked to come to the AA meeting. The AD was there, and he was a priest, naturally, and the principal was there. So during the meeting, and you had to know these guys in the AA to appreciate them. Yeah. But the, the principal stands up, and he said, I just got a call from downtown in Philadelphia in the di- archdiocese, and they're very concerned about things up here. And uh, well, he said, what are you concerned about? Well, we hear you're putting up a stadium. And he said, yeah. Well, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to put up a where stadium. Where were you going to play if you, you were going to play at We were going to play at Pottstown High. Pottstown, I think that's yeah. where they played the year before. They yeah, played at right. Pottstown High. So, so so he's going on about the stadium. It shouldn't be up, but it's already erected. So one guy in the back raises his hand, and he goes, if you people want that stadium down, you got to come up and take it down yourself. Just tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was. Now, was that on the campus? Yes. Okay. See, and in the diocese, all the schools you can think of in the nobody had a stadium but us. Yeah. And uh, you know, all the Lansdale Catholic and all those other schools, they played at the public school field. Right. But we were the only one that had a stadium. <laughs> so that first year. Uh, and you know, Chad, I often think about it. That first year, I had some good players. Yeah. I, if I would have been a better coach at that, <laughs> yeah. that tenure of my career, we would have. We were five and four, six and four, something right. like that. We played Daniel Boone. We played Lansdale Catholic, St. Matt's down in Conshohocken, and teams like that. We didn't play the public schools, and uh, we did pretty. We did pretty well, 
But the problem, one of the problems I had, and I had many as a first-year coach, sure. were the names. Yeah. The names. Names of the kids. Names of the kids. It took me over a month to learn <laughs> the, the, the important kids' names, like Lipinski, Rapchinski, Bobinski, Streslecki. I mean, I could go on and on. And I had their names all screwed up. <laughs> and I'm not like I am today forgetting people's names. Right, I knew right. people's names. Right. But I, I think back, I still have associations with some of the guys like Eddie Kelly that were on that team. He was the guy that scored the first touchdown against, uh, against Pottstown the year before, their first varsity year. And I remember the second varsity year, we went down and played a really good Bishop Kenrick team. And and you know you are, are you that became Kennedy Kendrick. Yes, eventually different? you okay. had you had St. Matt's, which became Kennedy. Oh, uh, okay. And you had St. Pat's, which became Kenry. Gotcha. Now at that time there was also the PCIAA, okay. Pennsylvania Catholic. Okay. We were disassociated from the PIAA, so we went down and and played. Uh, a really good Kenrick, and they were ranked as one of the top teams in Pennsylvania in the PCIAA. Right. We go down there, and we have a nice team. I forget the record was. It was early in the season. And uh, we went down there, and by the whole, we're ahead of them at halftime. I, I couldn't believe, holy hell, we're winning. <laughs> you know, excuse me. No, you're good. We're, we're winning. And uh, we, we had a transfer, here we go, from Pottstown. <laughs> By the name of Nick Petro, and poor Nicky just passed away a couple weeks ago. And Nicky was a really good athlete, particularly in baseball. Yeah. But he was also a running back. And when he came over to play with us, he could only play against the Catholic schools. He couldn't play against the public schools. Oh, was that a, r a rule? Now, were we playing public schools at that time? Yes, I'm right. going to say, but not many. Yeah. Potts Grove for sure. Yeah. Potts Grove for sure. So he goes out in the second half, and we're winning. It was 13-6. I can still remember it. And you ever been shocked when you're ahead? Oh, sure. That was me. Yeah. And uh, Nick gets hurt. He hurts his knee, and we bring him off to the side. And we didn't have. I was a. Sure. I was a trainer. You're, I was the trainer. You're the trainer. And Chuz was a do-it-all guy for me. So he goes. He said, "I'll take care of it, coach." And this is a story that's repeated a lot, but it was funny. It broke me up that night. So he's looking at Petro because Nick, Nick took a blow to the head. Yeah. And at that time, there was one bar across the yeah. face mask. One Different bar. Times. And he goes to Nick, are you all right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. So he goes, how many fingers? And Chiz puts up three fingers. <laughs> and Nick goes, two. He said, that's close enough. Get back. <laughs> Get back. Okay. That's a true story. Yeah. I know different time. Yeah, time. different time. Go ahead, back. And, he, might have to edit that. and, and actually, uh, I was the trainer. Sure. I knew how to tape ankles from coming, coming out of Stroud, all those courses we took in yeah. athletics and football and basketball and everything. We came out. We had a good education from up there. That's a, that's amazing too. You know, not only were you all you had to do all those things and you had one assistant, but you're also 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, not that it would be great, but if you were 35 
it would have been at least a little different for you, you know. I've said this many times. I wouldn't have made it through the first couple years without Chuz. Yeah. Now he was he was eight, ten years older than me. He was a big football fan. He yeah. started the Firebirds. He was started football pious to some extent. Yeah. And we got along right from the beginning and we were friends till he died. Yeah. But uh I've often said I, I wouldn't have made it through those first couple of years because, as you know, as a coach, and you got more problems than <laughs> we had back then, uh, something's always coming up. Right. But the one thing I can say is the parents were never a, the parents were never a problem. Okay. Getting kids to practice yeah. may have been a problem, you know. And when a when a sport is not ingrained in a community or a school, sometimes they don't take it seriously. Right. But I knew from the beginning I was taking this seriously, and I was going to make pious football heard of throughout yeah. the community. I mean, at least in my well. The other thing thoughts. too, I was just thinking while you're talking is probably you know some of your kids were already eighteen, nineteen, and nineteen, and you're twenty one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, a unique thing, you know. Yep. Um, so you were at Pius for twenty five years. Six. Twenty six years. Sorry. And three titles in the Philly Catholic Suburban League, right? The yep. Suburban Catholic League. Um, now, you at one point lobbied to get into the Chessmont, no? Well, that's that's comes later, okay. Coach. That comes later. Okay. I wanted to say that after the Suburban Catholic League broke up, which was Lansdale Catholic, St. Matt's, okay. Kenrick, Reading Central, oh, Holy yeah. Name wasn't there then. Yeah. Those schools that we disbanded and they went up there and the other schools went down that way. We're left with nothing. Yeah, you were in the middle of nowhere. So for eleven years we played independent. Eleven years. That's hard to schedule games. I mean it's oh. hard to schedule games now. Yeah, yeah. So we had to schedule all our games, but we still played Lansdale Catholic and Reading Central in those right. schools, but we weren't in a conference together yeah. anymore, and that w that was hard. Sure. Uh, we used to go up and play uh, the t uh, what's a team up in Tamaqua? Marion Catholic. Marion. We used to go up and play Marion Catholic. We went down and played my alma mater, Notre Dame. Yeah. We went over to uh, Peabird to Jersey and played Phillipsburg Catholic, and yeah. so we were we were all over the place. And naturally, it always came up, why aren't we in a league? Well, we tried and yeah. couldn't get in a league. And the one league we did get in, there was, wasn't a football league. It was basketball and baseball. Oh, uh, right. Okay. So then we got a principal by the name of Father Joe Murray. Okay. An athletic-thinking guy, forward-thinking guy. Very important. And a, and a heck of a principal, heck of a principal. And I'm not saying we got along all the time, yeah. yeah. But he was—he's a, a good man, the late Joe Murray. But anyway, he was there about a year, and he called me into the office. Now I was DAD by then, also. Okay. He said, "Jim, I think we got to get in a league." I said, "No kidding." I said, "But where? The Chessmont. We're right in the middle of it." Yeah. Now I'm also the football coach, and I'm saying, "Father, <laughs> we only got." hundred kids in a class or something we graduate 400 500 kids that's all and we're gonna play Coatesville yeah and and there was only one Downingtown team at the, Downingtown. one Downingtown team and two in Westchester right. uh, you people weren't as big as you are now oh, no. so Potts Grove Spring Ford Pottstown 
etc. We could play yeah, against sure. Phoenix. So I thought, but going down there again, man, Boyertown was a big school sure, too, and they were good. Been. So we made an application. I can't tell you the exact date, Coach, but it's around 1976. Okay. So that's a long interim between about 66 and 76. Yeah. 76, we made application. We're turned down by a pretty good number. So he calls me in again. He said, I want to apply again. I said, well, do you have another leg? He goes, I said, well, no, I don't have another leg. Yeah. So we reapplied again and we had a we we had a player for us back when i first started around he played around 63 he was a well-known attorney in boyertown so we got him on a com committee and a couple other guys on the committee to do some groundwork to the school boards like go to boyertown school board meeting Pottstown, etc etc which some people did so make a long story short the second time we applied we were approved but I always say this, and I'm not pushing myself in the least because sure. the other people on the committee did a heck of a job, but it's who you know sometimes. Oh, yeah. And a guy that was a superintendent at Coatesville and I were classmates at Stroudsburg, Kenny Roselski, and he okay. was a basketball official. So he never told me this, but I think he is the one that turned the other schools down south to vote for us to get us in the league yeah. at that time. Now, were there two, were, how many divisions were there in the Chessmont at the time? Just one. One. Yeah. So one. there was no, like, big school, small school? No, but that, that caused the dissemination of the, of, the, of the league, yeah. the breakdown of the league, because, and then when that came about and we started talking about that, some people were talking about, let's go ge geographically. South teams down there, north teams up here, which makes sense. Sure. Didn't make sense to everybody, yeah. okay? Because I'm going to say at that time, the bigger schools up here were Boyertown and not you people. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to say O&J, but I could be O&J. Yeah. Uh, so there was, it, it never got off the ground real well because of either geographic or enrollment enrollment did come in now Pottstown Potts Grove Pius even you people sure. Spring Ford Phoenixville we could have fit together very well in the league but there was problems yeah there and, always are yep there were problems and then after a year or so uh, I think we went in the Chessmont League in all sports for 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. my last year was 85 by '86, yeah. we start or they started the uh, pack the pack eight was it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I always say pack ten, yeah. but it was the pack eight. And I think here again, I don't want to be wrong. Owen oh, Jay wasn't in that, and yeah, I, I don't know about Boyertown wasn't either. I could yeah, be wrong. Boyertown, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, was. yeah, I think th those two schools weren't part of the initial eight, but I think Great Valley was. Yeah, Great Valley was part of that, and all the schools I mentioned, and you know, coaching in there, and we had had a lot of success over the over the eleven years we were independent, going in and picking up people like that. Come on, yeah. But we well, it's did. It's amazing it. that you, you know, 
part of football, and I think part of you were talking about community and all that, part of it is being in a league. So that that's really interesting. Those 11 years that you weren't part of a league, did you feel like, you know, you're not making strides community-wise, or were you, you know, were you able to hold that together? Hold what together? Like, well, what I'm saying is, like, you know, I feel like part of being in a league is part of being in a greater community right. and that type of thing. If you're kind of independent, you don't, quote, unquote, belong anywhere. And did you find that um, your program continued to be on the rise with more and more people, or was it hard to hold that all together? Follow my question? Yes, yeah. yes, and I'm thinking. Yeah. The first year we played in the Chessmont League, okay? Right. We won eight games, okay, okay. which wow. was pretty good. That is pretty good. The second year, 1979, I'll never forget it, we didn't win a game. Yeah. So up until 77, 78, I was, I was an option guy. Yeah. Uh, but... After 79 years, I said, man, i got to do something because we're just butting heads with... Sure. And uh, I went down and spent a lot of time at Delaware mm -hmm. and put in the Delaware wing tee, you know, yeah. the double teams, kick out, stuff like right. that, misdirection, all those things. And and it helped us over the next six, seven years yeah. till I got out and then Bill came in and he put in the wishbone. He went yeah. back to the, uh, to the wishbone. But... I want to answer. I want to try to answer that question you ask as as best I can. Certainly, Coach, when they heard we were trying to get in, some of the coaches, not all, it was they're just going to recruit. Yeah, they're just going to now. It had Back to come then, up, huh? you know. Sure. <laughs> two public school guys <laughs> yeah. sitting there. They're going to bring recruit, and yeah. certainly that was certainly that was big. And sometimes going to meetings, because I was the AD, yeah. I felt a little out of place. Yeah. I always felt pretty good with the coaches, but some of the ADs and things like that, oh, and, and there were a lot of good guys in that league, a lot yeah. of good guys from, I'm going to say, up north here and down south. Yeah. A lot of good people, a lot of good coaches, a lot of good administrators, just a lot of good people. But I did feel uncomfortable because that word right. always came up. Recruiting. Yeah. And can I tell this story? You can tell whatever story you want. Well, Mike uh, Fobble. From Springford. Principal Springford. Of Springford. Good guy. Yeah. AD. Yeah. Strong leader. Oh, he was the AD first? He was the AD first. Okay. So we're ADs together. Yeah. <laughs> so can I tell that? Yeah. Uh, one time I get a phone call from Mike Fobble. Okay. He said, hey, Jim, I got a couple kids down here who need a change of scenery. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> yeah. And, and they play football. I said, well, you would have to say that. <laughs> I said, Do you think you have a shot at getting them in? I said, if you want them in, I'll get them in. Yeah. So we took these two kids. I won't mention their names. Yeah. But in their time with us, which was only a year, they were they were good sure. kids, good yeah. kids, and naturally the recru recruiting thing came out. I never recruited. I, I honestly never recruited a kid. If, he, if the parents called on the phone, I built up pious because sure. I believed in sure. it. But I never went out and engaged in anybody and say, "Come on over and play with us." Right. And but when we did get in the chess mine, I did start getting more kids. Right. 
from some of maybe the discontented parents of maybe the kid right. was on second team at O and J at a big right. school and well that Pius is a small school they can play at Pius and the few kids we did get, did get were were pretty good players but yeah I think we we you know we'd be the first to admit like. I don't have a problem with that. There are kids that need to have a change of scenery, and that's all and, he said. You know, yep. and, and if they reach out to you, that's one thing. And let I me tell you, the recruiting coach. part is the recruiting part. A lot of people don't understand that term in the general public. That if kids go to some place, that's a transfer. If the coach reaches out, that's recruiting. That's and what I get said. The people put the they kind of put them on the same level, and that's not what any public school coaches mean by that. Well, and if a parent of a kid that's playing for me yeah. goes to a parent of a kid that's playing somewhere else at your place, yeah. why don't you send them up to Pius? That's not us recruiting. Sure. That's not us. Right. Or if they do it to you, why is your kid at Pius? Bring them down here to Springford or right. O&J or someplace. Right. That's not recruiting. Right. People put those all yep. in one big ball and call yep. recruiting, and that's where that doesn't help anybody, in my opinion. Right. And we were just in a... I'm not going to say a bad... We were in a location where we're surrounded everywhere by public schools. We don't have a Catholic... The closest Catholic school probably was Reading Central or yeah. LC. Yeah. But uh, that, that... And let me tell you, Coach, those two guys were characters, but they were they were good characters, the two kids that came over. Oh, they, okay. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So the... Um, you, you know, you mentioned before that you didn't have a very big budget in terms of, you know, no. if you had two coaches. Did you advocate for more coaches with the, you know, with your superiors? First did couple. Did you try to get volunteers? First, no, I didn't want, I, yeah. I, I had chose, yeah. and with me that was good enough because I was learning a heck of a lot at that time, not sure. from myself. But I'll tell you, every weekend, and we weren't married then, I was off to a clinic and, and off to a spring practice or off to whatever, tr try to pick up a thing on the game because right. I had nobody outside of Strasburg teaching me. Right. So uh, that was difficult. But the first assistant I got as a, as a coach was the name you're going to remember. Because okay. I went to the AD and he was a big guy down at Villanova. I said, hey, Father, I need a line coach. Right. I said, because Chiz has given up a lot of time coming up here. Chiz owned a gas station, and he was coming up here. He was coming to practice every day. And yeah. He was, so I said, see if see if we can pick up a line coach, a teacher line coach, and bring the guy in and teach the school. Right. So I'm standing on the field one day. It was, it was in the spring. We were having a little workout. And this skinny guy walks out on the field, and he introduces himself as Mike Petten. Oh, okay. Mike Petten it is, and I said, what the hell? I said, you look like a swimming coach. You're so tall. <laughs> You're so so Mike was with me for three years. And just to be clear, junior. No. Senior. 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 You're okay. forgetting how old I am. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And he's younger than me. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. That does make more sense, right? Yeah. Gotcha. It yep. wasn't. Junior was, was born here. Yeah, okay. But Mike moved in. He was married. He had two kids. He was teaching. He was teaching history, social studies, okay. and and just a just a great guy. It yeah. It's he was 
one of the all-time great winning coaches in the state of Pennsylvania. We were together sure. for three years. Did I learn from him? Sure. I hope he learned a few things from me, but I learned a lot from him. And at that time, I may not ring your bell, but at that time, the defense around the country was a 52 front with a rolled safety. Well, that's what I played in high school. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. But the name I'm of the... I'm telling you how old I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the... the uh, the name of the calls was Monster and Chuckles. Yeah. The Monster and Chuckles defense. Now I changed all the terminology because up front all it was was loop and right or loop and slant and left, and that was 50 and the other was 60. Right. So Mike and I put in that defense, and we had some good players that year, and we won the Suburban Catholic League. I think we lost one game. And uh, I had Johnny Sadowski, who was the all-time leading passer at Villanova for a while, played with the Steelers. I had a couple other kids played at Villanova, had a kid play at Arizona State, William and Mary. So that was a good team. At the end of that, at the end of that season, you know, Mike's married. He's got two right. kids, going to have one more. He's got to get a better-paying job. Got to make some money. Yeah. So he got a teaching job. And this is ironic. He got a teaching job at what the Central Bucks. Central Bucks, Central Bucks West. I yeah. guess that was the only one, Central yeah. Bucks West. And we always stayed in contact. But at the end of the first year of him being at Central Bucks West, the coach retires. The head coach retires. He doesn't get the job. He doesn't. They gave it to another assistant. Okay. That guy lasts one year. I don't know what happened, but yeah. that guy lasts one year, and Mike got the head job finally, and you and you know what he history, did. Yeah. yeah, that's history, what he did down there. I had a chance to sit down with uh, Mike Sr. He, uh, when we were at Wilson, um, Catafio had him come in and talk to us because Jim wanted to change some things about we wanted to be more physical team up front and, you know, the sniffer back or whatever. I don't even know what they call it then. Um, some people call it a falcon or whatever. Oh, the monster. No, on offense. Oh, on, on offense. offense. Okay. Like the extra, okay. Basically the extra fullback. Yeah. The H. Yeah. Today we call it an H back. But um, I had the opportunity to sit down with him, so that was good too. Well, he, it's a small world. When, you, when yeah. you think of those stories, it's a small world. Yeah. No, we had a good time together. We played in a basketball league together, Mike and I. And he just passed away. Yeah. On the golf course. Yeah. But. He was very physical as a coach, and he certainly wasn't a physical-looking guy. Sure. Mike wasn't, but his teams would beat you up. Oh yeah, and uh, but then they split all those schools and yeah. things like that. But he was the first assistant I had that was that you kind of hired. So yeah, yeah, I didn't hire him, and the well, AD right. did. But there you got yeah, I I met him. They did the job, and then then eventually, as the years went on, I don't think. And you ask a good question about local guys. I, I wasn't into that, the local scene. And I had a number of guys ask me, and I sort the of... The volunteer. Volunteer. And I took one guy on, and I don't even want to... No, it, it didn't. And then, uh, then eventually some of my players started graduating, and I started picking up with them. John Senja, okay. who was the principal of Governor Mifflin. Okay. Uh, Weren't you at Mifflin? No, you're no, a Wilson, Wilson guy. Yeah. Well, John Sanger was a principal at Mifflin. 
he played for me, and he, he became my line coach. And Dave Pesota, he was a basketball player, and he came on and was on for years. And then Ronnie Reed, who played at Kutztown. Right. And, uh, and then Bill came over later on in the late 70s uh, after he was at Pottstown. So, and I always thought, Coach, and you probably think the same way, that uh, coaching's teaching. You got to... Sure. It, it's teaching. You got to have somebody can teach, and you you can get some guys that can be great, great players, and they're so great they don't know anything about techniques. They just do it on natural ability. Right. And uh, the guys I had, they played for us for the most part. Bill and I, uh, and I worried about bringing Bill in because You're talking about Bill who? Bill Rogers. Bill Rogers. I thought so. We he and I weren't friends when we were playing against each other. Sure. The first Pius Pottstown game was a big game on a yeah. on a September night, early September night. That was a big game. So we were never close as, as friends. But uh, when he left Pottstown, one of my assistants called him because he came to me and he says, I'm going to ask Bill to come up and help us with the line. Well, I said, I'm not calling. <laughs> I know me. I'm not calling. So he called him and Bill... Bill left the door open, so we got together, and he was one of the best guys I was ever around. A hell of a teacher of line play, great around kids, etc. Yeah. He he was he was wonderful. He was wonderful, like all the guys, like Dave Pesota, Ronnie Reed, John Senger. They were all all good. Yeah. Ed Dobry, he was a track coach, so he always was with us and things like that. It is it is um, you know. You can. I also think the reverse is true. You know, you can figure out who's a good teacher by watching them coach. Sure. You know, you, it, it works both ways, and you can tell. You know, we're very fortunate. You know that. Well, we're you very know, fortunate yeah. With our staff, but um, wanted to see if we can get into some other things. So I know that you know I had a little birdie telling me <laughs> some of the stories maybe to ask you, but you know, again, you know, I don't think that you guys were. Uh, you know, ride the games in uh, coach buses no. or whatever, um, <laughs> even though you were traveling all over. And I heard one time that a, a bus broke down. Oh, yeah. that you got picked up. Now, that's around that's around 1983, 84. Yeah. yeah. Well, there for a number of years, uh, George Corner and I were friends, and he was the coach at uh, Radnor. So we had a scrimmage back and forth each year where we would come up. Now, Ratner was a big school, too. Man. Yeah. So we would go down there and uh, and scrimmage them. So we're, we're on our way down to Ratner one day, and we have to go through Phoenixville. Now, we got a, a bus that was given to us. Right. And I remember I had to go to go to uh, out around Pittsburgh to bring out back this old so bus. You, did you drive it to the games, too? No, I didn't. I made I made the young assistants. <laughs> I made Ron and Dave do yeah, the right. drive. But anyway, one of them were probably driving, and the bus breaks down. Holy hell! What are we going to do? We got this scrimmage here at ten ten thirty. So down in the middle of Phoenixville, Torter Ford in Phoenixville. There's a Torter Ford almost right on the rain. So I said to Ron Reed, "Hey Ron, go over and see if they have a bus or something." that we can get on and borrow even a couple buses. We'll pay them when I come back. I didn't have any money. So see if we can get on on, on a bus or right. a couple buses. You know what they sent me? An enclosed truck 
Like a box truck. Box truck they sent me. Two box trucks. No windows, <laughs> nothing. Now, I was in a car. We had a school car. Yeah. So a couple of the coaches of me were... So we drove the rest of the way. And some of the kids I still see today, they'll say to me, Coach, remember the time you put us on that on that box truck to go all the way down to Radnor? So you, you loaded the kids. Lo- and loaded the... And, you couldn't get away with that today. Oh, no, <laughs> no. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Because they didn't even have a seat. They had a seat on the floor. They couldn't even look out a window. That's great. And and you know what? Some of the things you hear today, you know, that's not right to put a kids on a box truck. But that's some of the things they never forget. Some sure. of the goofy things oh, yeah. that happen. Not all the wins and losses. Right. But some of the goofy things that happen at practice and things like that. Oh, now, yeah. now we get down there. Okay. So and I know what how many players George is going to have. So he's got about four, four full teams. Right. I got one and a half. You know, guys that I'm ready to put in. Did they think you were trying to pull something like you were trying to make a statement by pulling up in meat trucks, like box trucks? I never got that feeling. I never got that feeling. (laughs) Like it was some kind of. They may not even have seen us. Oh, okay. So we go out on the field and we scrimmage hard and it's long. It's tough. We didn't win the scrimmage. Yeah. At the end of the scrimmage, I'm, I'm a little upset. And George comes up to me and, and he says, Hey, coach, I got a couple, couple number of kids, a number of line kids that need some work that didn't even get in the scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, would you want to go a little bit longer? <laughs> I said, Oh, yeah, we'll go. Now, that's crazy. Yeah. Because his fresh guys yeah, are against my guys that have just gone... For two hours, and they never let me forget that. Yeah. They've never let me every time. Coach, remember that time we scrimmaged <laughs> yeah. for about five hours? <laughs> How did you long. get home? Did you have to go home in the meat trucks? Or did you yeah, we had to go home in the meat truck. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> we had no bus to call. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, the meat truck. That's a good name for it. <laughs> but there are some of the memories they don't they don't forget, and there's there's many more memories I so you went into the Chessmont and yes. now you're playing against Coatesville and one school Downingtown and some of these other big schools Westchester Westchester um, I guess it was just at that time what was it East East and East and Henderson Henderson right East Rustin and wasn't Weston there. wasn't there when right. I was there so um, and you, you had, had Great Valley too. And Great Valley, and you had some success there. You beat Coatesville a couple times in a row. A couple correct? times in a row, and we should have beat them the third time. Our quarterback went down in the third quarter. We just, but they were two great football games. One was eight. One was, one was eight seven. We beat them down there, and then they come up the next year, and. And we beat them 14-13 or 15-14 wow. or something like that. Now, did you go for two to make it 8-7? You were down and then go for two? You, you know, I... Yeah, it's hard I, to I, I, No, no, no. You know what I'm going to say? They went for two. Okay. Okay, we were ahead and they went for two. And I have... I had a kid that was a former coach at Schuylkill Valley. Jeff Shalott. I don't know if you know the name. I coach do. at Schuylkill Valley. Yeah. And he was our safety. And he was a... He was a headsy kid, yeah. and Al did a lot of different, a lot of crazy things, yeah. a lot of crazy Al things. Black. Al, Black. Al Black. And Al and I were good friends, but we would get into it. But uh, 
And we were ready for this, but only Jeff remembered it. Uh, they came out in, or, and were in the huddle. Okay. And a kid ran a kid ran off the field. I forget the story exactly. The kicker ran off the field and the kid came off the field and Jeff saw this all taking place. Right. And said they're not going to they're not going to kick, they're going to pass. And the guy that came in was a receiver. Uh, okay. That's what it was and he planted himself on the left side of their on the side of their bench and the kid just planted himself and Jeff knew enough to go over and pick him up Try and they to go took, down the sideline like yeah that. on the extra point yeah. Jeff picked it up and knocked the ball down we won the game I'm going to say 14-13 yeah they were going for two to win it okay yeah that's what it there's was there's an old Wilson story um, they scrimmaged and I'm guessing it was out black at the time they were scrimmaging um, down in town and they had like a hundred kids on the sideline so they go their first 10, and Wilson goes all the way down, and uh, their 10 plays, and get down, don't score, so they put it back on the 20. 11 new Wilson kids come in. One kid comes in. There's 100 kids on the sideline. One kid comes in, one kid goes off, and they go down and play offense. That's just a funny story to me. But. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Al was a good coach. Al was a good offensive football coach. And, yeah. uh, he later went on to coach at Little Millersville. Yeah. And we always used to, you know, when we played Millersville, we always spent some time together before the game. But, yeah. but the guys, Mike Hancock down at Henderson and and – the guys down at that other end of the down south were, were, were good people, and the guys up here were good people. Yeah. I, I think that's what it's about too. Yeah, you know? like yeah. That's always the those are the stories. The yep. stories are the interactions yep. and that type of thing. So yeah, Kenny Walker Road, I coached against all the years he was at Pottsgrove. Okay, and Potts or Bordertown had a number of coaches, and certainly Merle was at. At Springfield, yeah, good guy. Yeah. And Jerry Sizelove was with him, yeah. and he's a classmate of mine. And, and you know what? What's his name may have been on that staff? Steve. Uh, yeah. He Steve may have been a out. he may have been a young coach on that staff. He coached for well, he coached with Merle. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. With Merle, yeah. Definitely. Forget the guy's name that 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 followed Merle. I, uh, good guy. I forget his. Olson. Doug Olson. Doug, Doug Olson. Olson. There it is. Hank Bernad at OJ. Oh, well, Hank was there as long as I was at yeah. Pius, Hank Bernad. So when you went against these teams that obviously had a much bigger uh, pool of kids, um, what what do you think in your mind made you able to compete with those with those types of teams? Well, to be perfectly honest, and not when we had good teams, I had some good kids. Sure. I'm not saying they were as good or worse than the other. Yeah. But you know yourself is you can't win unless you have players. Absolutely. And once you get the players, now it's your job. Right. Your job to teach them the fundamentals and give them an offensive system, give them a defensive system, special teams, and and, and then you got to motivate them to play. Right. And I think our kids were always motivated because I think they always thought they were the underdog, mm -hmm. and we always made them out to be. I yeah. did that. Sure. So. Yeah, and uh, yeah. As as I look back, 
yeah, when we were good at, in, in the 80s there, we had some good kids. Yeah. I, I wasn't coaching nobodies. Yeah. I had John Yorgi and Timmy Hughes and sure. Dave Bedolis and all those guys. Greg Woods, Johnny Jones. All the kids that went to Maryland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I had, I had three guys play at Maryland. But Stan, he was he was before that. Stan Rogers played at Maryland, okay. and then was with Denver. And you know sometimes you get mixed up when the kids played. But back in those eighties, we had we had some good kids. And and it's funny because I told you in seventy nine, our second year in a Chessmont, we didn't win a game. Yeah, we were zero and twelve. Yeah, and. To come back from that, Not I had easy. to have some players left over. Yeah. Right. But you know, you know what happens when you lose. You lose that interest sometimes yeah, with sure. those marginal kids. Right. The marginal kid sometimes that can be really good players. But I always say, I had a drill that I did the Wednesday of the first practice. It was okay. called the Lions Den, and I can't tell you how many kids you can pick up by this, <laughs> by you yeah. teach him a thing. Right. I'm going to put you against you. I'm going to put a quarterback behind a center, and I'm going to put another blocker over there, and a defensive guy, defensive guy, defensive guy, and then a running back. Right. And then hike the ball and go get it. You find out quick. You find out, and you get some kids. Holy hell, that guy's made four tackles in a row, and yeah. he's played each three positions. Right. Okay. Well, we had this kid back at safety. Nobody blocking him. Yeah. And then the ball carrier breaks through, and he can't make the tackle. Right. You know, and you said, whoa. And some kids will just, some kids have it. That's what I always used to sure. tell them. Some guys have it at any level. At any level. At any level. At any level. And then when you get the kid that has the ability, boy. Now, do you, when, what was your, what would you say in general was your motivational style? Did you always play the underdog role with your kids, or did you, you know, obviously you can do things in nineteen in the nineteen sixties that you can't do today, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I I took the part of an underdog a lot, but not all the time, you yeah. know. Uh, should we beat this team? Yeah, we should beat these guys. Yeah. And if you lay down, we're not going to beat them. And has that happened? Sure. Yeah. You lose games you shouldn't lose. Absolutely. And I did that. Yeah. And uh, but I think I think the staff I had was motivational in their own way. Uh, Bill Rogers and I weren't the same guy. Yeah. Ronnie That's Reed helpful. and I wasn't the same guy. Right. Or Ronnie Reed or Dave Pesota or Eddie Dobry or whoever else. We were all different personalities, yeah, and I think that's good. Right, absolutely. Uh, you can't have all you can't guys. have all the same type of coaches, you know, right. the get up and go guy and the laid back guy who really knows what he's doing. Or right. you can't have all of that. But uh, I, th I think the bottom line is you got to let kids know that you love football. Yeah, and I I think I did that. Football was important to me. And if you're around me long enough, I hope it becomes important to you yeah. that you're you're playing or coaching football, whatever it may be. And that grows on the people you're around. 
that, that you love the game. Certainly your kids love the game down there, and you guys had something to do with that. Coach loves the game. He wants to run a good program. Yeah. He wants us to win. Do you push winning? Sure you do. Yeah. I did. And then people will say, don't worry about winning. Well, you know, well, you go spend your hours doing something else. Yeah, right. <laughs> Winning's not that important. Right. They, what would you say is, what, like, if you had to, and then I know this is hard, this is not an easy question, but what was your, the first game that pops into your head that's like, man, that was the game? You know, that was, in, in oh. my career as a head coach, that game kind of stands out. And maybe it's, you know, it could be a game, honestly, it could be a game you lost. You know, but I know I know exactly what you're saying. I can't. It's hard. Yeah, I can't put a. What was your signature win then? How about that? Like a game, maybe people thought you had no shot to win. Well, the Kenry game that that I talked about, but we didn't win that game. We lost by a touchdown with with Kenry. That was. That's when really I meant. I could say to myself, I think I'm a coach, but that yeah. was into the, well into the second year, and it took me a hell of a lot longer than that. Yeah, of course. Uh, there, was, there, was a, there was the defeat I had that, I forget the name of this, I should remember it, but that we should win this game. And it was my second or third year, and we, didn't, we, we played poorly, man. I, was, yeah. I couldn't sleep all weekend. I could hardly wait them, I could hardly wait coach to get them back on the field right. because they knew it too. I knew it, and they knew I knew it, and so did they. And sometimes you've got to let kids know that you're upset with them. Sure. I go to high school games now, and I don't see you guys doing it, but I go to some high school games around here, and I'll, I'll see somebody screw up a play, the quarterback will fumble the ball, or somebody will do something, get a 15-yard penalty, and that team comes off the field, and the coach are giving them high fives. What the hell are you high-fiving him for? Yeah. He screwed up. Tell him. I think it's an art, you know. It becomes, and coaching becomes an art in terms of knowing who your kids are. Who to kiss and, and yeah, who to kick. Exactly. Who to kiss. And, there's, and sometimes, it, you know, depending on the situation, it might be different. The kid that you can get on. Sometimes you have to back off from a little bit. I had this one kid. It was in the 80s. And I knew his whole family. And he was an average player because one game I'm looking out on the field and this kid's in the game. So I go, I go over to Bill. I said, what's he doing in the game? And Bill, Bill would just look at me and say, calm down. Calm down. That's what Bill I get that too from you, your yeah, son. Yeah, he's... But sometimes I have to do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I always tell him, remember, you're not the head coach. But anyway, th that was the beginning of the story. So, And he was fooling around all the time or something. And I, I nailed up good. Yeah. So the next day he comes in. And all the coaches are sitting in the coaches room. He come in before practice. Coach, could I see you? I said, well, Tommy, what's the problem? You got a problem? Coach, I can't stand you anymore. <laughs> I'm going to quit. <laughs> well, he was Why are you going to quit? And he mentioned, mentioned it again. I just can't stand you anymore. Yeah. He said, well, I said, well, you go out and think about it. But I said, knowing you, I'm not good enough to make you quit. You're better than me. Yeah. I can never make you quit. Just remember that. So if you want to hand in your suit, 
Okay, we'll pick it up after practice, and good luck to you. But I think you'll be out at practice. And he yeah. was. Yeah. And we, I see him today, yeah. and we laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I can't stand you anymore, <laughs> <laughs> or take you anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, you know, listen. I got after the kids. I'll say sure. this. I got after the kids when they, it, yeah. but I hope not in a, I hope nothing that harmed them. And, sure. But that's part of teaching. Yeah. That's part of teaching your, your own children. Right. You know, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's I, okay that he said that to you. Huh? It's okay. He could have probably said it in a better way, but it's okay that he said that to you. Oh, yeah. You, know, you needed to get it out. And yeah. Then it yeah. worked out. If he would have called me a son of a bitch yeah. or something, <laughs> something like that, I would have right, reacted. That's different. But he said, Coach, I can't take you anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that can't yeah, take me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Talking behind your back, at least he said Yeah, right, <laughs> right. He always told people to be honest, say yeah. what you think. Now he's telling me what he thinks. Now, how was it to, uh, you know, my son was a, a senior's past year and he didn't play at Springford, and that was that brings its own set of problems. But I know it's also it brings a set of problems. And you never got to coach your son. Did you want to? Well, well, sir, I don't know if I did. Yeah, I I really don't know if I did. I think maybe I would have been too hard on him if he if he did play yeah and he was what the hell he was a 98 pounder going yeah, in right. there's a chance he's not yeah. going to play right and i don't want to be around if he's not playing yeah right yeah go home every night right but by the time he got to be a junior he you know he made his own way and he yeah. started and started for two years there's and something stuff. to be said for that too yeah what's that there's something to be said for that yeah without. yeah he made his certainly he, he was a mick and and Bill <laughs> knew the name and stuff, yeah, right. but he earned he earned what he got, and uh, rightfully so. And I was glad it wasn't me that had to make that decision. Yeah, because it's tough. It's yeah. tough. It's it's it. You know, either situation has its own. Yep. Pros and cons, definitely. You can see yourself, I'm sure, at Springford every day, coaching somebody else's son as quarterback. And your son's up there playing for somebody else. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that you're not thinking, well, I'd make my son better than that guy did or whatever, yeah, right. but it's just the idea if he's going to play or if he isn't. Right. But uh, he never come home. Did you talk about quitting or anything like that? Jim? Yeah. But we wouldn't allow it here. Right. If once, you, yeah. once you go, you stay. That's it. And uh, I'm still, I'm sure they have kids quitting today. And oh, stuff. sure. But, uh, sure. So you were um, in the middle of your career, and this is kind of interesting too. I read an article you said you kind of felt strangely about it. But in the middle of your career, they named the field after you, right? Yep. <laughs> so how many years were you in when they did that? Say 20? No, wait, no, wait. Around 20. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, no, it was, it was more than, it was less than 20. Because I was there 26. I think the field was named in 96, or yeah. 76, 76 or 77. Yeah. How did I feel? Yeah. Like embarrassed. You're, yeah, you're embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Until you lose a game, get rid of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> Change the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was a nice honor that I had till the till the school closed down. Yeah. And, uh, uh, 
I still got a sign down there that has yeah. my name on it, which yeah. is which is good. I'm proud. I'm proud of that. Sure. Uh, but people got to push for you to have that happen. You don't right. do it for yourself. Right. You let your work speak for itself. But uh, you know, when I came out of college and got the job there, I thought, well, I'll stay there a couple of years and build up a reputation of a good team, and then look to move on and stuff like that. I'm glad I never did. Yeah. I can be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah. I, I was happy there. I had a lot to say with what went on. Sure. I didn't have to answer to anybody but the principal. Right. And we changed principals every four years, so some of them weren't quite sure what was going <laughs> on. So they had to rely on me to what was going on. Right. And uh, the kids were good there, great kids. The parents were were I'm sure they stood and bitched about yeah, right. me not doing this or that, but the parents overall were good. They left us coach. Sure. I can't think of a phone call in all those years that I got that said, why isn't Johnny playing more? I got a letter one time. Well, they didn't have email back then. No. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that okay. makes it easier. Yeah. That makes it okay. easier to send. Yeah. I got out right at the right time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then at Kutztown, it was a totally different experience. Well, that's but, what I was going to ask you next. Yeah, so totally you got different. out and you thought, well, I'm done coaching. Now, did you get out with the intention that you were done coaching, and then that opportunity? Came I don't. Out? I don't know. Yeah. I, I gotta say. Uh, yeah. I, I knew me. I knew I couldn't sit around. Yeah. I, I knew that. And he was going in, and Jim was going in the ninth grade. So okay. when he was going in the ninth grade, I got out. So the first year when I got out, George Baldwin did call me on the phone and ask me to come up, and I said no. And then after his. Uh, during his freshman year, I was able to see all the games. Sophomore year, I went back. I went. Back, I went to Kutztown. Okay. Because he wasn't going to play much on the varsity. Yeah. So I went back, and then George left after my second year, and Al took over. And then I went back with Al, and I, I had hard feelings with that because I know he was going to be playing. Right. And I wouldn't be at many of the games. Right. And the fourth year, I dropped out at Kutztown. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. Know because he was a senior, I didn't want to miss him playing. And that his team was the first team that played in the playoffs. Okay. There was only two teams in the East and two teams in the West. Yeah. But then I went back the next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. So when you went to college, um, what's the biggest difference coaching college kids versus? you know, coaching the kids that you coached at Pius? If any. Well, the thing I can say about the kids that I had at Kutztown, they listened. Yeah. They listened. I mean, I can't, I can't say much difference between, and, and there is a big difference between a 16, 17-year-old sure. and a 21-year-old. Right. 20, 21-year-old. But the kids... I had a Kutztown. I enjoyed coaching. I had a relationship with them. All I did was think about defense. Right. And uh, I didn't have to worry about parents or or yeah. if I moved some kids on, on defense one time. And it was one of Mike's kids. Mike Petten's kids from CB West. And he was a fullback. And I forget. He was playing linebacker. He, didn't, he ain't no linebacker. <laughs> Can't run. So I said, we moved you to nose guard. Well, I'm, I'm not playing nose guard. Well, you make that decision. Yeah. Kid never came back. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
but the kids there they were good they were better athletically overall they were better athletes and uh the league in competition in that league was was good yeah, it was good. good players when you coach with john mobley you yeah, find right. out what it's like to call it somebody that has the motor running and has all the physical ability right i used to do things on pass coverage i think i got to correct him on that on the drop or something like that but he's in the wrong drop and he's making a play on the ball over here right. he, he could right. run it fast yeah. Good play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so keep quiet. Yeah. But uh, no, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the college, and uh, it was good people, good kids. Kids want to play. Yeah. And and really, at a Division two school, there are, there is some money. Right. But not but, a lot. But not a lot, and uh, there's some guys that are walking on, and can you imagine going from CB West with the with the following they had at CB West at every game yeah and some games at Kutztown we didn't have a lot of people right just the, just the interest and nothing yeah, against mean, Kutztown sure but there's a lot of kids kids don't understand that unless nope. you're going unless you're going somewhere relatively big time your high school crowd your Ooh. rivalry game is probably the biggest crowd you'll ever play yeah yeah so if I had to do it all over again coach I'd do it tomorrow yeah. Because it was, was there tough times? Yeah. Going 0 12 is tough. <laughs> That's damn tough. Yeah. And, uh, but coming back and, and ending up the way we did, I was very happy with that. And it was good being around the coaches. They're friends for life. Yeah. And, uh, some of the kids are, are friends for life. I still hear regularly from, from guys I coached in 61. Yeah. That's amazing. Not a lot, but some. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they all have their own stories because when you were a player, you just remember what happened to you. Right. You as the coach don't remember it like he did sure. who was a player. Right. And right. Uh, because you have so many circumstances. Also, just the perspective, too. You probably see it in different ways. I think it's tougher on you guys. Yeah. I think really? it's Oh, yeah. I think it's tougher on you guys than it, than it is... Uh, why? Yeah, I, I know they'll all get upset. The parents are sometimes, yeah. and and sometimes you got to set rules for the parents too, yeah. and and the parents all mean well, right? Because that's their flesh and blood. Sure. So they all care about their their own flesh and blood. So they want the best for them. Absolutely. You got fifty kids. Yeah. You want the best of those fifty, and it's not like you don't care about the last couple guys as far as ability goes. Right. And if kids with little ability hang around long enough, they usually get a chance. Yeah. You know, I didn't play as sophomores. I didn't play as a junior. Now, now I'm on special teams as a senior. Okay, maybe that's something for that kid. Sure. So yeah, we try to. We try to. I know we try to say that to kids. It's a hard sell sometimes. Yeah. It's a hard sell. Because it's not easy going to practice every then, day. Right. And there's other things that maybe oh. can be more fun. Yep. At yep. particular moments in time. Yeah. That's why, as coaches, we got to make them like love the game. Yeah, we got to do the best stuff, and don't tell them. Right, you don't have to tell them at all that you love the game. Right. Show them. Sure, show them that you love it, and they'll pick up on that. Yeah, because they're an extension of you, and all the other they are your extension. It's nice, you know. 
Now, you, were you working with uh, 16 millimeter films back in the day? No, Super 8. Super 8. <laughs> oh yeah, I was up. I was upscale Super 8. <laughs> One day, Chad, I was. I stayed up after everybody went home, up in that dungeon we had, and I was watching Super 8. Okay. And finally. I said, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> I couldn't tell one guy from another. Yeah, right. Yeah, I couldn't tell. At some point, it's a lot. So, uh, I never graded film. Yeah. Never. And we never graded film at Kutztown. Oh, really? Nope. We didn't grade film. And I wasn't, I wasn't against that because I was still teaching and coming home and doing a good job of grading is a tough job. Oh, yeah. It's, it's lengthy. It's long going. And you got to spend a lot of time with it. And I often say to myself, you know who your best quarterback is every game? Sure you do. Yeah. If he screws up, he's got to screw up. If he gets up a 65%, pretty... he's probably still starting the next game. Right, right. right. If his defensive backs, I don't have anybody better than that kid. Yeah. Well, then i got to make him better. Yeah. I like what some of the things... Uh, I like some of the things that, that, that James talks about at Penn State because I've been up to a few practices and I hear him talking to the kids and he before the practice and he'll say, what we're out here for is not to win a game. We're out here to get better at every practice. Yeah. If you're not trying to get better at every practice, then you shouldn't be here yeah. and things like that. And uh, things like that are important. Some kids pick up on that and, and they pay, listen to it and it makes something out of them. Makes them a, become a better player every practice. Yeah. Hmm. You're going to be pretty good by the time, even if you're not a great athlete. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with all the technology that we have, and we're, you know, we have Huddle, which is available 24-7. Yep. Any kid can watch film. It was nice today, a kid. I had lunch with all the kids one-on-one, and they sign yep. up, and they come up. And this kid today said, um, you know, Coach, I'm trying to put on – 25 more pounds in the off season. He goes because I watched, you know, our first couple games. Like we already have film for next year. Yeah. He goes, they play an odd front, so there's going to be somebody over top of me, and you know, I want to make sure I'm ready to go. Right. Like, you know, that's kind of speaking to what you're saying. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, it's different now. We have all that technology at our. Oh my God! So yeah. Much different, yeah. The, the the equipment. Yeah. I used to tell my health classes when they would ask me a question on football way back. When I first started, okay, at Pius, uh, we didn't have a water sprinkling system. Yeah. We had an old bucket, scrub bucket uh -huh. with water in it. They had those on the NFL sideline. I saw yeah. old NFL That's what we had. had a scoop. Yeah, right. That's what we had. Oh. Can you imagine all the, the dirt? And then above oh. that, and where did I learn it? I learned it from somebody. Yeah. Don't give them water. Yeah, right. Yeah. you we No, no water. No water. And then all at once we had to drown them with water. Yeah. And, yeah. That's I, amazing some of the things <laughs> that, you know. I said, I'm not that young that I don't remember some of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the water bucket. <laughs> yeah. What did they always call the kids? Sit by the water bucket or something like that. <laughs> I, I mean, but we didn't have any water on the field. Yeah. And then we, then we got into the salt pills. Oh, man. And everybody got sick. Yeah. Yeah, salt pills. I made them take salt pills. <laughs> and then they all got sick. <laughs> so those cut, those cut were that. the days. But, and they survived. Yeah. yeah, we survived. Sure. Yep. Sure. I never had 
a real, uh, I've had, you know, knee injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. But I never had a real head head injury. Yeah. Knock on wood, you know. Yeah. We know it's always yeah. possible. It's always possible, yep. But, yeah. God. And the equipment today is so much better. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They were leather helmets in 1959. <laughs> is that what you had? Yeah. Leather leather helmets. With one bar? With one bar. Well, was that a plastic bar? I, like I was, I was wondering that. Because yeah. if the helmet was leather, yeah. then why didn't they just make the whole helmet out of a plastic bar? You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't recall. But then slowly the other things came yeah. came through the, the cage and, and things like that but the the game today is different with sure. you guys with the rpos and stuff like that it it's very it's very intricate but i will say this though the wing t was intricate to teach oh, absolutely yeah now when you lined up in an i formation and three backs in the backfield or something like that it's it's a bull on bull you know double team and send the backs through and give the ball to the tailback. Right. I mean... The, the, you know, a lot of people are doing wing-tee principled stuff. Sure they do. Double-team kick-out. Yeah. Double-team kick-out. different Yeah, misdirection. It's How many fun. times you watch a college or pro game that they run some kind of bootleg? Yeah. All the time. Sure. All sure. the time. And sometimes it looks like old wing-tee boot. Yeah, know, yeah. So. And they get somebody out of the backfield and throw them the ball. Yeah, well. I wanted to tell you one story. Go ahead. I want to hear it. About Don Seeley. Okay. Because to me, he was just not for me, but he was a full breath of fresh air for sports in the Pottstown area. So for Don Seeley, for people listening, Don Seeley was a sports reporter for the Pottstown Mercury, Mercury for many for years. years. Yeah, yeah, he was a sports editor. And... He was fair with Pottstown, he was fair with Boyertown, he was fair with Pius and Springford, O&J. He was fair with everybody. I agree. He wrote what he saw, but never marginalized the kid's effort or anything sure. like that. He was just terrific. So I had a friendship with him, and when he died, they asked me to speak at his, at his funeral. Yeah. So what the heck am I going to say? about Don except all the good he worked, all the good he did for, for kids and parents in his writings. He was a great writer. He was a very good writer. Yeah. He was excellent. And there was one game, and I told this at his funeral, that we're playing you people. Yeah. And I got the ball of my own 40. We're behind. Okay. By three points or, uh, it's a very close game. We get yeah. the ball in our 40. So I say to myself, I'm going to run that damn ball up, spring forward it. Okay. So we start out on the 40. First down, first down, another first down. We get down to the six-yard line, right? Yeah. And the brilliant me, <laughs> one first play, calls a pass. <laughs> spring forward intercepts it. It's a game. <laughs> I t no, so the, the end of the story is, so naturally, Seals, I'm in a locker room. I, holy, we, we lost a game we could have won. Sure. Uh, so I'm upset with myself for calling a pass. And uh, he comes in, and uh, what did he say to me? He said, uh, well, why did, why did you call the 
the pass play on first down when you were running the ball so well, Don's saying to me. Right. I said, because I'm stupid. <laughs> That's why we did it, because I'm stupid. And he looks at me and says, well, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Did he <laughs> put it in paper? No, I don't yeah. think he did. No. Yeah. He looked at me and said, well, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> Don was great because, yeah. you know, he was still at the Mercury. He's a Springfield guy, too. Yeah. I said to him, I said to him, um, well, we had a number of conversations before he passed, and I said to him one time, I said, you know, the difference between the Redding Eagle and the Mercury is the Redding Eagle builds the evil empires. Yeah. So the, the Redding Eagle and people in Berks County complain all the time, everything's about Wilson, everything's about Governor Mifflin, everything's about Berks Catholic, because there's a lot of smaller schools. Yeah. And I said the one thing that he does is, you know, he treats everybody yep. the same, and, and it's apparent, but I said, I don't know, does that sell more papers? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, he was a really good no. guy. And he was in the sports. Yeah. It's like a coach. You can tell when a guy's in the coaching. He doesn't have to tell you. Yeah, right. And he, uh, and he did write. He wrote. He always tried to find uh, the story angle on kids that may not get in the paper normally. Yep. He was a good and guy. Dave Reitenauer did a good job yeah. over the years oh, with yeah. with with his program. Yeah, I was going to say you want to talk about that. You did the Monday morning quarterback. Monday for morning a while. quarterback for a while with Dave, down, and that was CCTV. Right, and that was enjoyable. That was a good time being with Dave because here again, Dave was into it. He liked what he was doing. He worked hard at it, and here again. He was favorable to every school right. when they were doing well. He never criticized anybody real badly. And I think the parents and the kids enjoyed listening to the TV and seeing, hearing their names sure. on TV and There's things like that. There's not a lot of places in right. Pennsylvania I mean, that have a, a, a show about a whole league. Right. You know, I mean, we have right, a show right. for our school, yeah. but, you know, a show for the whole league, which was nice. Yep. No, he, he was a good asset also because of what the work he did. I used to watch that to see if you say anything bad about me. No, those were good days. Yeah, those are, yeah those sure. Are probably gone. I was still around the game, yeah. and, and uh, so I had to watch the game and watch the players and Man, stuff like that. That was apparent, too, that you were yep, watching the game. Yep, you knew sure. what you were talking about. Yeah. So you've been um, in the... Uh, you're in the PSFC Hall of Fame. You won 159 career games. You're in the um, the Montgomery County Coaches Hall of Fame. Does Pius have a Hall of Fame? No. If there is, well, there PJP is. does. PJP does. And yeah, you're in yeah, that, right? yeah, yeah. So um, actually, those, actually, I was always against Hall of Fames. Really? Go ahead. Why? Why? Because let's say you and I are on the same team. Go ahead. And we're both good. Right. And you get in the Hall of Fame before me. Yeah. And somebody else gets in before me. Yeah. Some people get jealous of that. And right. I'm saying they, they put people in the Hall of Fame and there are always other people yeah. who are deserving for being in the Hall of Fame. Sure. Are there other coaches that could be in the Montgomery County? Sure. Yeah. I'm very proud to be in it. Very proud. And the same with the state. I'm very yeah. proud to be in the state. But... Uh, it's well. The thing it's it's too. Comp and yeah. I think some people get angry, and and 
the person has a good career in something and they don't get in and they're sort of down on their career. I don't know. Well, we know the one thing that I always say in coaching is there's a lot of guys that have winning records, but it ain't because of their coaching. No. And there's a lot of guys, or maybe I don't want to say a lot. That's probably the wrong word. But there's some guys that go five and five, four and six, and they have squeezed that. They've gotten everything yep. out of that team that they could possibly Good get. point. Good point. And that's where that's where the Hall of Fame misses them. Yeah. Because yeah. we know that there's guys in the Hall of Fame that maybe <laughs> couldn't coach their way out of a paper no. bag. And, you know. But they had the people. They had, they had the had athletes. The yeah. Yep. They had the kids. So. And there are other guys, like you say, I always thought of that. The guys do a good job, good job of coaching. And from a, a win standpoint, they don't get it. Yeah. But as we said before, the reason we're in it is to win. Yeah. And if yeah. you get a Hall of Fame or something, good. But that's not why you're doing it. Yeah, right. So. All right. Any last stories? you have any good stories? And no. it could be about your son um, that I can use later on to embarrass him with, or it could be any other, any, other funny, any other funny or interesting stories. I told enough, I think. Yeah, that's fine. That's I don't want to make any up. <laughs> uh, didn't you steal the press box or something at Pottsgrove and burn their press box one? Well, I didn't. One Thanksgiving, yeah. Well, you got to say that story. Thanksgiving story. They, your guys... Well, God rest his soul, Harry Crush was the <laughs> chief of police of Lower Pottsgrove Township. Okay. <laughs> and Harry was a good guy, but he was a Pottsgrove guy. Okay. So one night before the Thanksgiving Day game, some of our kids <laughs> go over and steal their press box. How do you steal it? I don't know what they did. Uh, the, uh, ticket, ticket booth. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, how do they get the Steal the ticket booth. I was, I was impressed that they took yeah. the <laughs> yeah, I ticket booth. They, they stole the ticket booth. Okay. And they put it somewhere where it was a little hard to find or something. Yeah. But I guess Harry found it. So who does he come looking for right away? Well, they yeah. burned in the bonfire. Oh, that's yeah, right. the bonfire. That yeah. Like the oh, yeah, I forgot that. I forgot that. But he, he, <laughs> came, he came looking for me right away. And I said, Harry, yeah, we did it. But sometimes Pottsgrove kids do things too, but he never sees it. But yeah, he didn't see it that way. Yeah. That's but that was, a, that's a great, that was a great rivalry. Yeah. It was. It was a great rivalry. And that's what I see in the playoffs that I don't see. Now, would I have liked to coach in the playoffs? Yeah. No, I you never got to, right? No, I never coached in the playoffs. Yeah. His senior year was the first year. Yeah. But I always thought, you know, Pottstown, O&J, big game every year, every sure. Thanksgiving. Us and Pottsgrove, two smaller schools, but a great interest game every year. I hate to see that. I, I hate to see that end. Yeah. And so you probably still want them to have Thanksgiving Day games, but do you understand why they? Don't I don't have to make the decision. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Right, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. But remember, Chad. Yeah. When we had Thanksgiving Day games on Thursday, we played on Saturday. Yeah. The previous Saturday. Yeah. Because we had a twelve-team league, so we had eleven. Sure, that's we had eleven so league games. Uh, you were pushed right up to Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. You weren't missing three weeks. No, yeah. no, we miss we miss two weeks sometimes of practice. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and that's what he always said. Yeah, it's tough. I, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm glad we don't play Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's tough. 
because it's. And it's I, don't, I always felt it wasn't fair to the basketball and, and wrestlers, the yeah. basketball players and wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. But it's good. It's the the playoffs have turned out to be interesting, and certain you guys are trying every year yeah. to get in it. But there's some obstacles. There are. Yep, there which are. I won't get into. <laughs> but. Well, I appreciate you taking okay. time out. It was Always a great sitting down with you, and uh, you know, I think that uh, there's probably some stories that you could have that you can't tell publicly. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to catch up with those sometime yeah. too. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either because there's a name that you don't yeah. want to spill, or uh, whatever, no. or a, or a situation. <laughs> so I hope it turns out well for you. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us this week on the PA Football Story Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook or on our website, pafootballstory.podbean.com, where you can subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating, a follow, a like, a share, or just simply tell a friend about the show.